Let your life speak so loud. Let your testimony speak so loud that they'll have no choice but to admit there must be a God. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Kingdom Rock Radio. You are moments away from receiving God's rich word. But first, remember that you can subscribe to our Roku channel as well as our podcast. And don't forget, for more information, you can always contact us at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's word. From all around the world, we thank you so much for joining us today for uh, today's broadcast. We know that you're in for a blessing. So whether you're watching or listening and wherever you're doing it, we want to let you know that you're a part of this service. Today is the day. Amen, amen, and amen. All right, everybody. Well, Um, Today we're going to subtitle part 10. We're going to subtitle this The Virus and the Cure. The Virus and the Cure. Which reminds me of of another movie. And he said, we are, no, you are the virus and we are the cure. (laughs) Which I will let you figure out what that movie was all about. Don't worry about it if you need a further, further, whatever. Okay. All right. The virus and the cure is what we're talking about here at part number 10 of the series, A Long Way Home. Um, If you haven't heard parts one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, or nine, then of course you can go to the website and hear that and or on one of the many uh, media outlets that we have, and you can hear it and really get into it. What is a virus? The simplest definition of a virus is an extremely tiny parasite that can only produce if it is within a living being or anything that or anything that corrupts something else. Often viruses are transmitted through bodily fluids, uh, touch or even uh, through the air. It's in the air virus virus. So we're going to talk about today the virus and the cure as we wrap this series up. Now, our series verse is John 3.16. Woo! Amen? Amen. John 3.16. And it reads like this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Everlasting life. Last week, of course, we, we've been asking the whole series as well, the eternal choice. The, the eternal question is, will you choose life or death? Will you choose life or death? God says, choose life that you and your seed, you and your family may live. And don't you know, to choose death is actually disobedience. God says, choose life. So be obedient and choose life. Choose to live. Hallelujah. Last week, we, we were talking about Abraham, right, and, and how his sacrifice um, pictured or was the first witness of what Jesus, Christ would, uh, what Jesus Christ would do, what the Father would do, actually, through his son. Abraham gave, the Bible says, his only son, Isaac, and the Father gave his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. Now, we know that Isaac was not Abraham's only begotten son, but Isaac was the only son of promise. He was the promised son. Ishmael was the son of Abraham and Sarah that were trying to make things happen, trying to make God's word work in their lives. And uh, they they had Ishmael. But God said that Isaac uh, was the son of promise, 
So when the Lord talked to Abraham, he said, take your son, your only son, because Isaac was the son of promise. Amen. Amen. Now, I want you to notice here in John 3.16, if we go back to it just for a moment. If you notice in John 3.16, it says, for God gave, for God's love the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him, say in him, say in him, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have what? but have everlasting life. So the question is, and we'll look at this today, uh, is God saying that salvation is exclusive? Is God saying that Jesus Christ is the only way to be made right with him? Is God saying that, that Jesus is the only way? Now, if you're listening to um, social media, or there's a whole lot of other videos, a whole lot of other talk shows, they will tell you that there are several ways to get to God. There are several ways to be righteous in the sight of God, or, or it's not really God. They say it's the universe. It's the universe. And they, they say all this uh, new age type of um, philosophies. But I'm not here today to talk about any of that. I'm here to talk about what the Word of God says, what the Holy Bible says. I believe that the Bible is God's Word to all humanity. Hallelujah. And there are some that question whether Jesus Christ is the only is the only way. If the Bible does in fact teach that Jesus Christ is the only way. Well, I understand uh, uh, that people may have those sort of doubts or questions if they are in the world. But I do not understand it for, for those who are, who are in the house of God who call themselves Christian uh, I don't understand when they have when they take pause in that fact, when they take pause in that, when they say when they say there are other ways to get to God. So we're going to talk about that today. As a matter of fact, we're going to talk about three things. The Lord help us today. Three things. And so we're gonna, we, this is how we're going to wrap up the series. One, we're going to discuss whether or not God was saying that Jesus is the only way. Uh, is, is salvation exclusive through Jesus Christ? Number one. Two, we're going to talk about um, we're going to talk about uh, the virus and the cure, what that is. And third, we're going to talk about judgment. We're going to talk about judgment. So again, is God saying that salvation is only wrought or only comes about through Christ Jesus alone? Well, the apostles thought so. Let's look at this in Acts, the fourth chapter, Acts 4. Acts 4, we're going to read uh, verses 9 through 12. And I'll tell you now, we're going to be reading a lot of scripture today. Because I want your faith not to rest on my reasoning, good or bad. But I want your faith to rest in the word of God. Hallelujah. When you are accused, when you are persecuted for standing for Christ, you need to be able to point to the Bible. And not to say, well, my pastor said well, my mama said, well, my daddy said, you need to point to the book. Hallelujah. Now, let me say this as well. Religious debate, religious debate is useless. Is useless. Unless the Lord has dealt with the person about it, all you're doing is just spouting words. There's no point in it. You live it. You live it. Let your life speak so loud. Let your testimony speak so loud that they'll have no choice but to admit there must be a God. Are you hearing me? But going around trying to debate people, don't even get into all of that. 
You're not going to convince them, not by debate. Are you hearing? All right, let's look at the, um, Acts, the fourth chapter, verses four through 12 of uh, the King James Version. Here is when Peter and John were called, uh, were called into court because uh, there was a poor crippled man begging by the gate. They told him, we don't have any money, but we can help you anyway. We've got something. Uh, take my hand, rise up in Jesus name. And that crippled man began to rise up and walk and leap. And uh, when these religious leaders saw what had happened here and heard they're preaching about Jesus, they got upset. And this is what they said here. Uh, so um, Acts, the fourth chapter, verse number nine says, uh, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all and to all the and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doeth this man stand here before you whole. This is a stone which was set at naught of the builders, which has become the head of the corner. Verse 12, look at verse 12. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Now you're going to hear that word saved a lot today. The word saved is the Greek word sozo. And sozo basically means to be healed, delivered, to be set free, to be made whole, to be made whole. All right. So they said there is none other name given among men whereby we must be saved. There's no one else. Let's get another witness. Let's go to Second Timothy. Second Timothy, this uh, rather first Timothy. I apologize. First Timothy, the second chapter. First Timothy two verses three, four, five and six. And it says this. Uh, this is good and pleases God, our Savior. Verse 4, who wants everyone to be saved. God wants everyone to be saved. We realize that, right? God wants everyone to be saved. That word saved there again is in the Greek is sozo. God wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. Look at verse 5. For there is one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity the man, Christ Jesus. Uh, verse 6, he gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. This is the message God gave to the world at just the right time. So again, Jesus is the only mediator between God and humanity. He is the only one who reconciles or brings fallen man back to a relationship with God. It's Jesus Christ, the only mediator. All right. So the apostles believed it. But what did Jesus teach? Did Jesus teach that he was really the only way uh, to obtain righteousness in the sight of God? Well, of course he did. Let's look at another case here. Let's look at John, the 14th chapter, John 14 and verse number six. Are you still with me today? John 14 and verse number six. And it says, Jesus saith unto him, I am the one. He said, I am singular. He's singular. I am the way, the what? The truth and what? The life. No man cometh unto the father, but by me. He said, I am this way. I am the way, the truth and the life. It's me. Nobody, no part of the human race 
can go to God except through me. Are you hearing? He's teaching this himself. Let's look at John 10, verses 7 through 10. John 10, verses 7 through 10. You need to have this in your heart. You need to have, you need to have a, a conviction of this. In other words, uh, you need to know this for sure. You need to stand on this because there's so many other winds of doctrine in the world today. So many others that says, again, there are so many ways to get to God. There, there are so many ways of this and so many ways. They say Jesus can't be the only way. But if you believe in that Bible, if you believe that Jesus is your Savior and Lord, then you must also believe that he's the only way. You say, well, what about all the other people in the world? Well, the Father already has, has proclaimed that the gospel will be preached throughout the whole world. Then the end will come eventually. Are you hearing? The Holy Spirit is given also uh, to convict the world of sin. To convince them, to show them that they are in need of a savior. He'll let them know when truth finally hits their heart. The Holy Spirit of God is here convincing people. The father has his angels also here. And there are reports of Jesus himself visiting people in, uh, visiting people in Muslim countries. And they're having dreams about him and they're being converted to Christ by the thousands. By the thousands, there are signs and wonders. There are great revivals that are going on now across the globe, across the globe. It's God's responsibility. And he, and he has already taken responsibility from the very beginning to um, uh, to allow man to know Christ as Lord. Then it will be their choice whether to receive him or not. Make sense. All right. So John 10, look at verse 7 through 10, and it says this. Then said Jesus unto them again, verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. Look at verse 9. I am the door by me. If any man enter in, he shall be what? Saved. He shall be sozo. He shall be saved by me. Salvation comes through Christ Jesus alone. He said that uh, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not but to steal, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, besides all of this, let's think of this logically. If God is all-knowing, all-powerful, all-loving, and if Christ Jesus is his only son, why would he send his son into a dark, horrible world, a dark, horrible world, to die a terrible death? If there was another way. If there was another way, and I can assure you there is no other way. How do I know that? Because Jesus himself prayed that prayer in the, in the Garden of Gethsemane before he went through the crucifixion process. Listen to the Lord. Let's listen. Let's take a, a listen to uh, his prayers in the garden as he struggled and as he, and his, as he wrestled, as he petitioned the Father. Let's look at this in Mark. Uh, Mark, the 14th chapter. Mark 14. 35 through 36. 
Mark 14, verse 35 through 36, it says this. And he went forward a little, talking about Jesus, and fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. Verse 36. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou wilt. He said, if there's another way, is it possible? Can you take this away? Is there another way to redeem humanity? Is there another way that this could happen? Is there another way? Father, the Bible says that, uh, I mean, the sweat fell from his, uh, from his head like great, uh, like, uh, like blood, like blood just gushing out. He was so much in, in agony praying to the Father that night. And if there was another way, they would, we wouldn't be here right now talking about it like this. But there was no other way. No other way to redeem humanity. So God secured the, uh, our eternal redemption, eternal salvation through one man. That is Jesus Christ. He secured it through it all. The Father hung all of our salvation on one man, Christ Jesus. Now, having all of that in mind, we're going to go back to John, the third chapter. And we're going to continue to read, and we're going to read verses 14 through 21. And think about these things as we're reading. How the Father hangs your salvation, my salvation, on the one man, Jesus Christ. Are you ready? So John, 4, John 3rd chapter, verse 14 through 21. Listen to how the Bible reads here. It says, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is is not condemned but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten son of god and this is the condemnation that light is coming to the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil for everyone that doeth evil hateth the light neither cometh to the light lest his deeds should be reproved but he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. We're going to get to all of that today, Lord willing. Could you see uh, those scriptures in a new light now? How God is hanging all of our salvation on the one man, Jesus Christ? There is no other way. Now, Let's look also at verse number 36, and you'll see this as well here. Verse 36, it says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, 
but the wrath of God abideth on him. Isn't it plain? Isn't it clear? Jesus himself is speaking these words to us. Are you hearing me? Uh, here in verse 36, I believe that was John speaking, talking about Jesus. Now, if you notice also in these um, texts of scriptures, you'll also notice how uh, the Bible talked about condemnation, condemn an awful lot, condemn an awful lot. So we're going to talk about that. Now we're going to the second gear. Come on, do that with me. Now we're going to second gear. We're doing pretty good today. You guys are doing super. You're really pulling the word of God out. Thank you so much. It makes it so much easier. So he talked about condemnation an awful lot. So let's talk about condemnation a bit. Uh, so let's for that, let's go back up to verse 17. I'm going to read verse 17, 18, and 36 one more time, okay? Just for us to get it in our hearing. It says in verse 17, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world. Say that with me. Condemn the world. But that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned. Say not condemned. not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already. Say condemned already. Because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Then verse 36, one more time. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. So, I want you to see some things here. God talks about condemning. Jesus talks about the whole world being condemned. He talks about the whole world having the wrath of God upon them. The whole world. Now that doesn't seem fair, right? Doesn't seem fair. It seems like people are good people. There are some good people in this world. They do good things. They try to help people cross the little old people cross the street. They try to give people money. They try to help each other out. They try not to cuss, fuss, root, toot, poot, shoot, whatever. They try not to be doing any of these things. Hallelujah. They try to be good moral people. But yet and still, God says. All have been accounted to his wrath. And that doesn't seem right. Doesn't seem fair. Does the Bible tell me why that is the case? Sure it does. Let's go find out why. Now, let me tell you this before we do that. What does condemnation mean? The word condemnation comes from the Greek word krino. Say krino. You know I love it when you talk Greek. It just gives me shivers. Krino. And krino means to distinguish. It means to decide. By implication, it means uh, to try as in a court of law. It means, uh, obviously, condemn. It means punish, judge, or to pronounce judgment. So when you see the word condemn or condemnation, that is actually the end of a court trial. That is what has been spoken over that person. They've come, they have uh, been found, let's say they went and robbed a liquor store for a candy bar. That doesn't seem right. But yet and still, they have their bag full of Snickers bars. Praise the Lord, I can understand that. Not them stealing, but you understand what I'm saying. So the police came and caught them. And called red-handed, had chocolate all around the mouth and all that kind of stuff, and chocolate bar wrappers in the hand. They couldn't wait till they got back to the car. Hallelujah. I don't know what happened. Gwen, I don't know what happened. But they got him, put him in the car, and this is his court date. He stands before the judge. He said, I don't need, I don't need no attorney. I can handle it myself. His name was Chocolate Boy. 
Now here's another character for you. Chocolate boy right now standing in the courtroom before the judge. He still had chocolate all on his lips. I don't know what happened. It's a supernatural chocolate thing going on. I don't know. He stands there before the judge. Judge hears the evidence and renders a verdict. That verdict for him. I don't know. Probation. Let's help him out. Well, they have. Anyway, the verdict, the final decision over his life. So God already weighed all humanity. And all humanity is counted, counted unto wrath. We're going to talk about that why in a minute. And the verdict was already guilty. Condemn. Condemnation. It is a sentence of punishment, of everlasting punishment. Now, if you understand that, you understand why God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him should not perish, should not suffer the wrath of God, should not suffer the condemnation, should not suffer the sentence, but be saved. If you understand that, then you understand why Jesus had to come down and stand in your place and take the wrath of God upon himself so that you and I would not have to endure the eternal damnation in hell. You got me? Jesus is truly the savior of the world. Hallelujah. This is why we say, that's why the Bible says that there is no more wrath in store for you and I, for those who are in the body of Jesus, because Jesus has taken the full wrath of God for us, those that are in the body. Now, if you refuse to believe in Christ, the wrath of God still remains on you. Let's look at it. Why is everybody, why is God saying everybody is condemned? Well, let's look at it. Let's go to Romans. Let's look at some scripture. Romans, the third chapter, verse 23. What does it say? Is it true that everybody has sinned? Let's look at it. It says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. This is why all humanity is under condemnation. The Bible says all have sinned. Sin has been found in you. Let's look at Let's look at another one here. Let's look at Galatians. Galatians 3, verse 21 through 22. Well, I'm feeling like Rocky up here now. Are you ready? Let's go back. Galatians 3, verse 21 through 22. Are you hearing? Let's look at this. It says, is the law against, rather, is the law then against the promises of God? God forbid. For if there had been a law given which could have um, given life, verily righteousness should have been by the law. Now, let me break that down to you for a second. If you could be righteous by doing good stuff then there will be no need for Jesus to come. Amen. Amen. If you could be good enough by doing good, no need for Jesus to come. But the fact of the matter is, we can't do enough good to meet God's standards of goodness. Can't do enough. Because just as soon as you do a lot of good, blink your eye three times and you're going to be doing something bad. Amen. Just as think, just when you think you got, I got some good points with God now, I'm doing good. Your left hand may be doing good or your right hand may be doing good, but your left hand is back there doing something else. Amen. 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 
And if we if there were an eternal scale, a balance of good and evil in your life and you think, oh, I hope when I die, at least the scales are up a little bit higher. At least I've done enough good. Nobody. How much good can you do to replace all the bad that you've done? It's not going to work. We can never achieve that level of goodness or holiness in our own selves. Because the truth be told, we've done some bad things. And if we would have put it on the screen, we've all done some stuff that we're ashamed about. Some stuff that we had wished we'd never done and some folk in our lives we wish we'd never met. And if your eternal salvation was based simply on you, oh my Lord, we'd never get there. But God saw the weakness of our flesh and sent Christ. Are you hearing? So there is no good. There's no amount of good that you can do to obtain righteousness inside of God. Let's let's read. Let's read further in verse 22. It says, but the scripture have concluded all under sin. That the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. So again, all under sin. All have sinned. Why is that true? Aren't I good enough like I am? Someone may say. Why won't God receive me just like I am? Well, he will receive you just like you are, but he loves you enough to not to leave you right where you are. If you come to him, he'll help you to become who you really should be. Make sense? Now, let's talk about this. Let's talk about why humanity can never be good enough in themselves. Let's talk about why we're all accounted to wrath. Let's go to Romans, Romans 5. We're going to look here. We're going to see a few verses of Scripture here in Romans, the fifth chapter. Remember, I want your faith to rest on God. Faith to rest on the Word of God. Not because your preacher said it. Not because your pastor said it. But because the Word of God said it. You understand? Romans 5 verse 12 says this. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world. Now, what is that one man's name? Adam. By one man, Adam, that is, sin entered into the world. Now, stop right there for a second. The word world there is cosmos. Cosmos in the Greek. Say cosmos. Cosmos talks about the orderly arrangement of things. But it also talks about uh, the earth. It also talks about humanity. It talks about the human family, the human family. Grab a hold of this. It says, by one man, sin entered into the human family. Sin entered into the bloodline. Adam opened the door for sin to enter into the bloodline. All of humanity is now infected with sin. Are you hearing? Look at it. It says, wherefore, as by one man, sin entered into the world, all of humanity, and death by sin. Now, how do you know that you have, you've got the sin virus? Here we go now with the virus part. How do we know you got the sin virus? It says, so death passed unto all men, for that all have sinned. How do you know you got the sin virus? Because you die. 
Sin causes death. If there were not sin present in your blood, then you would never die. But because sin is present in your blood, you'll die. Now, it may take you 110 years to do it. Praise God. In your right mind, in a healthy body, and you just get tired. and I'm satisfied with life, Lord. I'm ready. Praise God. And hopefully people won't be saying, well, I'm glad you're about ready to go now. Good gracious. <laughs> we satisfied for you to go too. But that's another story altogether, isn't it? So, but people still die. This sin virus is so potent that 100 out of 100 people that have it will die. There's only one cure for it, and that is Christ. Jesus said, those who believe in me, though they were dead, yet shall he live. And if they're alive, they shall never die. You simply walk out of this life, walk right into the next. Are you hearing? Let's talk about the sin virus for a second, because Adam allowed the virus to come into the whole human race and it passed through the DNA of mankind. If you're human, you got it. Okay, and because of that, all mankind accounted unto the wrath of God because it's it's in you. God is absolutely holy. There is no sin or unrighteousness in him. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. All sin deserves to be punished. So whether you've been good, oh, I've been good all my life. I'm a good shoes lollipop on the way to the candy shop. I'm a something, something way, something, something, something. I don't know the whole song, but it's catchy. I'm a good shit. But you got what I'm saying, right? Sorry. Just keep coming out. Praise God. Let's look at it now. So, again, if you're a part of the human race, you got the virus. You got the sin virus. You got it. It's in you. There's only one cure. Jesus Christ. How do we know you got it? Because you die. The body's decaying, heading toward death. We understand that, right? The body's decaying, heading toward death. If it weren't for the Holy Spirit, weren't for the Spirit of God, you know, to slow down that process physically, we'd all be in pretty bad shape. Look at this in the Amplified Bible. Listen to what it says. It says, therefore, just as sin came into the, into the world through one man and death through sin, so death spread. Sound like a virus, doesn't it? So death spread to all people, no one being able to stop it or escape its power because they all sinned. You can't tell me you escaped this power. How do I know you haven't escaped this power? You're still sinning. I heard one amen. Okay, I heard two amens. We're going to stop it right there. No one being able to escape its power or control. Jesus is the only one that has the ability to break its power and control in your life. He's the cure. Now look at uh, Romans 5, 18 through 21. We're doing pretty good as we're about to begin to begin our descent. Romans 5, verse 18 through 21 says, 
Wherefore, as by the offense of one, who is that one? Adam. Wherefore, as by the offense of one, who's that one? Adam. By the offense of one, judgment came upon how many? Upon all men. That's all mankind. By the offense of one, Adam, judgment came upon all mankind, all humanity for all time. You see this? By the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. That was the verdict, condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one, who is that one? Jesus Christ. By the righteousness of one, the free gift came unto all men unto justification of life. Now listen, the sin of Adam, the the virus, the Adam virus, you get it whether you want to have it or not. When you are born, you get it. But the cure, you've got to ask for it. If somebody has a flu around you, they go around you. Hey, how you doing? I'm I'm sorry. I'm 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 sneezing all week. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to sneeze on your face. Oh, you! I think you got a little mucus by your. Let me clean that off for you. I'm so sorry, I got it. And you're like, oh, oh, okay. Whether you want it or not, you got it. You didn't ask for it, but you got it. Right? But if you want the cure, you got to ask for it. You got to believe. The cure is given through believing. Through believing. The sin of Adam, the Adam virus, comes whether you want it or not. When you're born, you got it. But if you want the cure, you have to believe. God's not going to force it on you. He's not going to force Jesus on you. You've got to ask. You've got to ask. You've got to believe. Are you hearing? Is that clear? That's pretty clear, isn't it? Let's look a little bit further. Uh, Look at um, verse number 19. For as by one man's disobedience, who was disobedient? Adam. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. Do you see that? So by the obedience of one, who was the the obedient one? Jesus. So by the obedience of one, many, rather, shall many be made righteous. Hallelujah. Verse 20. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. What does that mean? God needed the people to see that that sin virus was actually in them. People didn't believe it. They kept comparing themselves to each other. They kept saying, well, at least I'm better than her. At least I'm better than him. I don't cuss like they do. I don't party all night long and shake it till it drops. I don't do all that. I'm a good person. When you can, when you can, when you compare yourself to someone else, sometimes you'll come up better and sometimes you'll come up worse. Mankind kept comparing themselves to each other. Yeah. 
to each other. God said, no, 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 no. That's not the way to do it. Man said, well, hey, there's no absolute. There's no absolute moral. Hey, as long as I don't touch you, you don't touch me. You say to yourself, I say to myself, we're good. And God's got to be right about it. God said, no, no, no. Let me give you an absolute. Let me give you a standard by which I call right. Let me tell you what I call good. And so he gave them the law. Boom. Here are my list of standards of what being good actually is. So stop comparing yourself to your neighbor and compare yourself to my word. Now when man compared themselves to his word, they figure, oh, wow. I really see how filthy, how sinful I actually am. Then when man would see this, then they would cry out, Father, save me. I can't be good like this. Save me because I am weak in my flesh. And so God, after the fullness of time, sent his son, boom, 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 down to the world because he realizes that your flesh is weak. Jesus came to stand in your stead and take the judgment. He took the judgment for you. He took the wrath of God for you so that you could be righteous in the sight of God. Because you can never do it for yourself. Does that make sense to you? Hallelujah. Does that make sense? And so the Bible says that where sin abounded, where it increased, the grace of God did much more abound. In other words, when people saw their sin, oh my Lord, where they began to see they fallen and they failed, God said his grace began to abound. In other words, his hands, his arms began to open wider and wider and wider and wider and wider to receive them. Where they kept on sinning, God said, I see you. My arms are open wide. Come, come on, come on, come on. I see you. Come on, come on, come on, come on. I see you. Come on, come on. There's not a there's no amount of sin that can prevent God from loving you and for accepting you home. Hallelujah. His arms are wider where sin abounded. His grace did much more abound wider and wider and wider. Are you hearing? Look at verse 22. It says that as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen? So now let's go back one more time and let's read again uh, John the third chapter, verse 17 and 18. Having all this in our thinking, having all this, we've, we've come a long way today, haven't we? Let's look at John um, third chapter, verse 17 again. It says, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world. Now, Jesus could have pronounced judgment on every, every single body. Yeah, oh, yeah, sin, yeah. sin. Yep, 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 yep. Oh, especially you. Yep, 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 yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Don't even look at me. Yep, 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 yep. He could have done that all the days of his life. Oh, you know. Don't, uh, don't even breathe in this direction. <laughs> yeah, you going, you going, you going. But God said, I didn't send my son to the world to condemn the world. But that the world through him might be saved. Verse 18, it says, he that believeth on him is not condemned. If you believe on Jesus, you're not condemned. You will not be judged. You will not be punished. Are you hearing? 
But he that believeth not, or he who receives not the cure, is condemned already. Do you understand that now? It's condemned already. It has already happened. Because because Iris, Lord help me, I don't know who Iris is. Because Adam let the sin virus into all humanity. And so all humanity is already under judgment. The wrath of God already abides on them. Are you hearing? If you believe not on the cure, you receive not the cure. The condemnation is already there. You're not working your way into hell. You already got a free ticket. You were born with a ticket. There's only one person who can get you out of hell's line. And that is Jesus Christ. So it says again, he that believeth on him is not condemned. Glory to God. Hallelujah to God in the highest. But he that believeth not is condemned already. Because why is he condemned? Because he smoke, root, toot, poot, shoot, drink, party, gamble, rape, rob, pillage, whatever. Is that why people are going to hell? He says, because he have not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. God can handle your sin. He can handle your sin. He can take it. He can cleanse it. But the only one that he can't is the person who doesn't bring it to him. Are you hearing me? Now, last, let's switch into... Gear three now. Come on, switch with me. Switching to gear three. What does condemnation look like? What does the wrath of God look like? Let me show you four pictures. You're right. Right, sissy, it's not good. Let me show you four pictures. You'll find a lot of this in Matthew, the 25th chapter, Matthew 25. You can make a note of that. I'm going to show you some highlights. The first one is about the 10 virgins. Look at verse number 12. It says here, verse 10, verses 10 through 12, it says, But while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterwards, uh, afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. Here's the condemnation. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. When God tells you, I don't know you. Just like people come to your house and say, hey, let me in. Let me have something to eat. You don't know them. Don't let that joke in your house. You better have a word, a show enough word from the Lord. He said, I don't know you. Let's look at the parable of the three servants or the parable of the talents. Let's look at verse number 30. At the very end, it says, and cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth that's extreme pain and agony that doesn't sound good let's look at the final judgment the final judgment matthew 25 verses 45 through 46 this is after the shepherd the king great king separates people separates all nations as a a shepherd would separate would separate the sheep from the goats this is at the very end it says here In verse uh, 45, 
Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye did it not to one of uh, the least of these, ye did it not to me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, for the, but the righteous into life eternal. You see that? Perhaps, as we close out now, perhaps the greatest picture of condemnation can be found there in the book of Revelation. Revelation at the very end. Let's go to Revelation 20. Revelation 20. Pastor, you like one of them stores that stay open all night long. You never close. I'm trying to land the plane. Are y'all having a good time? I'm having a good time in the Word today. But you have to know what Jesus saved you from. Let's look at this, and we're closing out here. Revelation 20, verse 11 says, And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat, sat on it, uh, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. Verse 14. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. That's going to be forever. Whoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire forever. The Lord said again in John, I mean Romans 8 chapter, Romans 8. Let me bring this to you. I think this is my last scripture of the day. Romans 8. It says, in King James Version, Romans 8, 1, There is therefore now no condemnation Amen. to them which are in Christ Jesus. Jesus. Now you know why. Amen. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Amen. Listen to that same verse out of the Amplified Bible. Therefore, there is now no condemnation, no guilty verdict, no punishment. For those who are in Christ Jesus, who believe in him as personal Lord and Savior. Do you see that? There is none. There's no, there's no more wrath concerning you. God is willing to take away your sin, but you've got to give it to him. You've got to give it to him. Let me say this to you in closing. This, this concluding, these concluding words, these concluding words. Know Jesus and you will know life. That is K-N-O-W Jesus and you will K-N-O-W life. Know Jesus and you will know life. But if you say no to Jesus, N-O to Jesus. Jesus. You will have 
no life. You'll have no life. That's the decision that you're going to have to make. That is the gospel. And we can go back to John 3.16 for the last time during this series. We're going to end the series where we started it. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You should know that verse so well now. You should know why God said it, at least have a very good idea why God said it and what he means by it. What he means by it. And I pray today that if you have not made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life, that today you'll understand that your life is accounted unto wrath. That the wrath of God abides on you. There is a judgment. We can say it this way. There is a warrant out for you. There is a warrant out for you. And it's just a little while. I'm not sure how long it's going to take for the sheriff to catch up with you. To haul you in and enforce the warrant. But there is a way for you to escape that penalty. There's a man named Jesus who says that he will take the punishment, the rap for you. He will appear in court for you and take the punishment for you so that you can go free. Go free to do what? Go free to serve him. Because now that he has given his life for you, now you must give your life for him. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for the word you've given us today and for this entire series. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness in making things so clear to us. Lord, we release this word into, uh, into the media ministry. We, we release the entire word. Lord, we pray that your glory will fall upon all those who hear this word, all those who watch it. Father, we pray that conviction would fill their hearts and they would receive Jesus as Lord and Savior before it is too late. We call in the harvest of souls that people will turn their hearts to you and believe. And Lord, in this house today, if there is someone in this house that does not know Jesus, that has not believed in Jesus as Lord and Savior, Father, we pray today that you would touch their heart, that they will receive you because you won't force yourself on them. They have to come willingly. They have to choose to believe. They have to ask. So, Father, if that person here today, Father, I pray for courage on their behalf to invite you in and to make you the Lord of their lives. There's no magical prayer, no formula. You just have to believe. You just have to acknowledge him. And he'll help you. He'll help you to walk as you should. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Remember, if you would like to hear today's message in its entirety or hear the entire series, just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. That's kingdomrock.org. You can also subscribe to our podcast and get it on the go. And if you have a Roku device, make sure you search for Kingdom Rock TV. And there you will find this program and so much more. We would also love to see you in a live service. Just go to our website to get the details at www.kingdomrock.org. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.